Did you know Granny McDuff now has a Patreon? You can get all episodes ad-free. Games, puzzles, calendars, and more. You can even get discounts off Granny merch. Sign up now on Patreon. Go to GrannyMcDuffENT.com for more information. Good evening, children. It's Granny McDuff, ready with a story. So make yourselves comfy, and I'll begin. Once upon a time, in a village called Leclerc, there lived a baker who was a most brilliant pâtissier. He made every and any type of bread you could imagine. But it was his sweets that were the most delectable. Éclair, macaron, crème brûlée, and most famous of all, his souffle. They were light and fluffy and, oh, so mouth-watering. He only made them on special occasions, which in turn made them even more coveted. His name was Antoine. One day, the king's personal secretary passed through Leclerc and stopped into the patisserie. He was entranced. What souffle is this? I have had nothing like it in my life, and I have eaten in the finest palaces with chefs unrivaled. I thank you for your compliment, monsieur. This will not be the last time you see me, the king's secretary told Antoine. And that was not the first time Antoine had heard that. He did have many repeat customers. But only for one had he ever baked a souffle twice. An older woman who had come to stay a short time in the village, and she was very kind to him. It was when he first opened his patisserie. He did not have many customers then, and she came every day for a month, bringing with her whoever she met on the road, so that they might become patrons of the shop. And so grateful Antoine was, he baked her a souffle on her last evening. You are quite a talent, my friend. Thank you for your company, and thank you for the souffle of a lifetime. If you ever find yourself in my town, you must pay me a visit, she told him. It will be my honour, madame, he replied. And with that, she stepped into her carriage and was gone. Years went by, and Antoine's patisserie became well known in the region. Dukes, marquises, vicomtes, barons and the like had all come to taste Antoine's creations. So when the king's secretary had stepped in for a visit... He was truly just another patron, but then he was not. For when he returned to the palace, he told the king, Your Majesty, I have tasted something unlike anything I have ever tasted. It was unquiable. It was called a souffle. The king's interest was piqued. 
have our court. Patissier, make us one. And so they did. The pastry chef in the palace kitchens made several, in fact. One, two, three. Each one worse than the one before. Is this souffle such a delicacy that the king's own patissier cannot make one? I believe so, sire. Then bring him here. And so Antoine was summoned. A messenger arrived with the king's decree that he should come at once to the palace. Antoine was surprised. To the palace? Every chef's dream. Go, his father told him. I know the recipes well enough. All but the souffle, of course. I will stay and keep shop until you return. Suddenly, Antoine found himself at the gates of the palace of the King of France. The King's secretary was there to greet him. Oh, what a pleasure it is to see you again, monsieur, he said to Antoine. He was escorted straight to the kitchen. The King has requested to taste your souffle. Whatever you need is at your disposal, said the King's secretary. Merci, monsieur, said Antoine. I have brought all my own ingredients and utensils. I require nothing but time. And quiet. It must remain very quiet. No loud noises, s'il vous plaît. And so you shall have it, monsieur Patissier, replied the King's secretary. Antoine will do just fine. Antoine it is. And I am Jacques, secretary to the king. They nodded at one another, and with that, Jacques was gone. Antoine got to work. I shall bake the souffle just as any other I would in my own shop, he thought. And bake he did. The sweet smell of the souffle in the oven wafted through the palace. Mouths watered and stomachs rumbled. The whole of the court wondered what it was that smelled so divine. Jacques returned a while later and just in time. Antoine was taking the souffle from the oven. How glorious it is! Jacques remarked. He clapped his hands and immediately the souffle was on its way to the king. Careful! Antoine cried out after the servers. The king was seated before the entire court. He took a bite. Eyes closed. He savoured it. The court gasped. The king had not done this in some time. Years, in fact. And only once before. Bite after bite, he ate slowly and savoured the souffle. When he had finished, he said, C'est parfait. It is perfect, Jacques announced to the court. And they all clapped. Some shouted, 
when may we try some? But the king was in such a trance, he paid no attention. Jacques, bring the patissier. Let us meet him. The king's secretary went to find Antoine and told him, His majesty would like to meet you. Antoine nodded and followed Jacques through the palace. Before he knew it, Antoine was standing before the king. This dessert is my new favourite, said the king. The court gasped. A great honour, Jacques whispered to Antoine. And it was at that moment that he saw her, the most enchanting girl he had ever seen. She was staring at him. It was if she had known him all her life. And in that moment, Antoine knew her completely. It seemed their gaze would never break. Until a loud crash stopped everything. I make the pastries! The souffle is mine! cried the king's patissier. He threw a platter of cakes on the floor. It crashed with a bang, startling everyone. Gods! said the king. The patissier composed himself and waved them off. It's not necessary. I shall go, he said. The court chattered as he left. I seem to be in need of a patissier, the king said to Antoine. Will you stay and work? My king, it would be the honour of my life, but I feel I cannot leave my shop. Leclerc is my home, and the shop is my life. Antoine told him. You understand, I can keep you here, I can command it, said the king. I do, your majesty. However, I hope you do not. If I might ask something of you. Bold? What is it? inquired the king. Would you allow me to come to the palace every third month and cook for you? I will not only make the pastries, but a feast fit not just any king, but for a king such as yourself. I am intrigued. For now, we... I will allow it. Go, and do not be late coming back, or I shall send my men to find you. I am honoured, Your Majesty, said Antoine. Until next time. Antoine looked for the girl he had seen before, but it was so crowded he could not find her. When he went out into the hall, it was quiet, and Antoine was relieved. He was used to the quiet back home. Here there were so many people, so much chatter. You were going to leave without looking for me? said a voice. Antoine turned. Oh, but I did. I thought you had gone, he replied. It was the girl he was looking for, the one he had seen in the great hall before the commotion. She took a step toward him. 
And now it is time for you to go, I suppose, she said. What is your name? Antoine asked. Genevieve, a beautiful name. And yours? Antoine. And would you leave so soon, Antoine? Even before baking something for me? She asked. If I am to leave today, it must be now. To make it to the hills before the sun is lost. Then fate has decided to fool us, has it not? I... If you should find yourself in Leclerc, I shall be there. And if not, in three months' time, I return. Just then, several ladies burst out of the door of the great hall. Your Majesty! they cried. We have been looking everywhere for you! Your Majesty? Antoine asked. But before Genevieve could answer, the ladies had dragged her back into the hall and Antoine was alone once more. Meanwhile, the king's patissier was steaming with jealousy. How could he be better than me? He thought to himself, no one is better than Raphael. He decided on a plan and went down into the dungeons beneath the palace. There were places where prisoners were held and there were places where outcasts had settled. Tunnels deep beneath the palace where no light ever reached and only those with the darkest intentions would venture. The king's patissier, Raphael, made his way down. Only a small lantern lighting his way. He found what he was looking for, the witch's lair. Who lights my doorstep? She croaked. Raphael, the patissier to the king, he said. Leave the lantern in the doorway and come in, she ordered. Raphael did as he was told. What is it you want, patissier? She asked. I want to be the best. I want his talent. Antoine, a little cook who thinks he is better than me. <laughs> but he is better than you. <laughs> I want you to give me what he has. And I want him never to cook anything again, he said. I can cast the spell, but it will cost you, the witch told him. Anything, name your price. You will make me your wife, she said. Impossible, Raphael replied. Don't worry, I look much different in the light, said the witch. She held a candle to her face, and suddenly... She was a fair maiden, as young and pretty as any of the ladies in court. You will behave properly. No spells, no trickery, said Raphael. But it was a spell which brought you here, was it not? She replied. Then cast it, and we shall be wed. Felix! She screeched. A toad hopped out from under a table. Yes, my sorceress, 
Felix asked. Marius, she commanded. And so Felix officiated the nuptials. He burped up two perfectly round gold rings and married them. So great was Raphael's desire to have Antoine's talent that he could not see he was allowing a great and powerful witch to return from banishment. Drelvina, as she was called, had been cast down into the tunnels a century before by the good witch, the protector of the realm, Clotilde. The spell could only be broken if Drelvina could place the golden rings of Rattan upon another's finger, who in turn would place the other on hers. For years she was unsuccessful. It was not often she had a visitor, but when she did, they all knew better that she was trying to trick them. Raphael was so blinded by his desire to have Antoine's talent that he did not care. And so the spell was broken. Drelvina was free and Raphael would be the best patissier in France. She made a potion and said, Drink it and you shall have what you desire. Raphael obeyed. The die was cast. All the while, Antoine had arrived home and was already back to his kitchen. It was late. The moon had risen and Antoine was still working. He was making a wedding cake for a couple who were to be wed in town that very next day. It was seven-tiered and beautiful. As he made the flower decorations, Antoine heard a tapping on the window by the door. A cloaked figure stood outside. Antoine undid the lock and opened the door. May I help you? he asked. He could not see the person's face under the hood. I have been travelling quite far and I am famished. Do you happen to have a bit of food for me to eat? I do, he said to the stranger. Come in. Antoine closed the door and when he turned, the figure pulled down their hood and revealed themselves. It was the Princess Genevieve. Bonsoir, she said. Your Majesty, how did you... When did you... Antoine was at a loss for words. I thought three months was quite a long time to wait. And you see, I'm not a patient woman. So here I am, ready for my supper. But will you not cook for me, Antoine? She asked. Of course I will, he replied. Antoine got right to work. A cheese souffle, fish in puff pastry, roast chicken and carrots. It was a feast. They ate and talked, and before they knew it, the sun was rising. The cake! Antoine exclaimed, Oh, I must finish it before the wedding. I will help you, 
said Genevieve. Will you teach me? Yes, Antoine replied. She smiled at him. And in that moment, it was clear. They were in love. Antoine had more flowers to make from icing for the cake. He set his bowls and picked up his spatula. First, we start with the butter and sugar, he told her. But when he went to pour the sugar into the bowl, he could not even pick it up. His hands froze. He tried again. Antoine was confused. How could this be? he thought. Are you all right? Genevieve asked. I I cannot do it. It's as if something is stopping me, he said. Try the butter, she said. He did. But it was no use. Antoine could not cook. The witch's spell had worked. And that's the end of part one. Listen to part two next Monday. And now it's time to take a deep breath, close our eyes, so that we may drift off into a world of our own adventure. Good night, children. <laughs>